what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. It should come as no surprise to you that I am a huge supporter of anything that looks like women supporting women because there is so much that we can learn from each other, so many ways we can impact each other, and so many ways we can lift each other up, which is why I'm bringing on the amazing Sarah K. Peck today. She's the founder of Startup Pregnant, a podcast and community dedicated to supporting the women who live in the space where entrepreneurship and motherhood overlap. She's a mother of two boys, a toddler and a four-month-old. She's a startup consultant and has worked with startup CEOs and with several Y Combinator-backed companies and with people at Samsung, Apple, Google, and Amazon. She's a writer and has been featured in the New York Times, Fast Company, and the Huffington Post, to name a few. And she's the creator of the Wise Women's Council, a nine-month mastermind for moms who are navigating business and motherhood. P.S. If you are a mompreneur, make sure to listen to Sarah go into more detail about the Wise Women's Council at the very end of this podcast episode. It could be the exact community that you're looking for. Sarah and I dive deep into why you need a community of like-minded women in your life. We discuss what steps you can take to find a like-minded community of women that is right for you during this season of your life, how you can create community and connection in a way that you need it right now and during all the different seasons of your life, and how that is allowed to shift and change, by the way. We talk about what great tools you have at your fingertips that help you tap into community and how to have quality relationships and tap into a community, even if you're introverted, even if it feels like it's too big of a project for you to handle right now. Underlying in all of this is both of our beliefs that you are the one in charge of designing your life and your business. I know you're going to love this really dynamic conversation with Sarah, so enjoy. Sarah, what's going on, girl? I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God. I'm very, very excited. I feel like we are long lost sisters who should have met like a year ago. And yet like now we're finally actually getting to meet. We've been like orbiting each other on social media for a long, long time. Totally. Well, I can tell you, we both just had babies. So there's also that. Maybe (laughs) maybe that is the reason why it took (laughs) us until your kid was three months and my kid was four months to me. (laughs) Yeah. You got to We got a few things in common, you know? Yeah. Hashtag details. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, the important thing is, is that we are here and we are about to dive into a conversation I am so looking forward to having because if you've been listening to this podcast, even one time, you get that I am all about women supporting women. And I love and honor and love highlighting anyone who does that kind of work in this world, no matter how that ends up coming into fruition. You do that work in this world. And so I just want to go right to the heart of why do you think it's so important for women to surround themselves by like-minded women? Oh my gosh. I have so many answers to this question that I don't even know where to begin. But 
there's two things in motherhood and in entrepreneurship that we don't necessarily get right. And we end up in this place where as mothers, we think we have to be doing everything all by ourselves. And as entrepreneurs, we have to be doing everything all by ourselves. And there's nothing quite as lonely and frustrating and tiring and debilitating as being a woman entrepreneur who's just had a baby and doesn't have any friends or support. I'm already starting to tear up thinking about it, but like that is one of the loneliest, hardest places to be. And I don't think that it should be that way. Women need other women in their, in our lives for everything from stress reduction to brainstorming, to the way that our hive minds work, to the way that we access information, to making things like breastfeeding easier. Somebody told me the other day that just talking to other women can increase your milk supply. And I was like, yeah, I believe that. I would like to find a scientific study to back that up, but I just believe that. Like the more I talk to women, the more milk I produce. That's kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That goes right along the the, uh, very real evidence that like when you get women around together, they'll all cycle together, right? Totally, right? Like I think that one of the most amazing things about motherhood that I've learned is we're not meant to be alone and like, I can't speak to men because I don't study or work with men, but I imagine it's true on a different tribal kind of way. But I think that we're so supposed to be interconnected with each other and we're not the way that society is currently designed. And so we're all kind of suffering for it. Yeah. Well, and you really stand in that space that intersects, number one, this path of entrepreneurship that many of you listening can identify with feeling really lonely sometimes. And sometimes it's not that we don't have access to people. It's not that we don't have access to other women. It's just, it's that it takes time and energy to really attract and find the right women, right? To find the right community of people. And sometimes both in motherhood and in business, this journey is very messy and can sometimes feel very embarrassing because we have such a mess behind us, right? I have had so many clients, so many members of the Biz Women Rock community give voice to the fact that like, oh man, I'm really embarrassed of all of this junk behind me or how my business runs or what's really back here. And I can't really show that to anyone. So I guess my question to you is, how have you dealt with finding and attracting a tribe of women. And I'm making a giant assumption here that you've got different tribes for all sorts of different parts of your life, right? She's nodding her head like, yes. And how have you taken steps to attract that right group of women for those different parts of your life, knowing that they're not perfect, knowing that they're messy? Mm, I love that. I love also what you said about knowing that things are messy. And I think that this is a first stumbling block that we have is we think that we have to have it all figured out before we can meet other people or that we have to be at the top of our game and then we'll find the connections that we need. And so everyone out there, I guarantee you, every single person you've met, business owner, massive success, has a closet that needs to be cleaned, has dishes that haven't been done, maybe didn't shower today or yesterday, like maybe <laughs> wearing the same a couple days. Right? <laughs> right. The other day I went to post on Instagram in my stories and I I was looking at my past stories and I was like, oh crap, I'm wearing the same shirt as yesterday. Oops. And I was like, I should probably shower just so I don't document to the internet that I haven't changed my clothes in a couple of days. (laughs) Because you can't smell people over Instagram, but you can see when they haven't changed their clothes. So 
I think number one, knowing that like everybody has messes in their closets. And if you looked inside of, I've looked inside of dozens and dozens of businesses. And if you look inside other people's businesses, they're not perfect. People are just Mm -hmm. presenting a really shiny sales page, but everybody is figuring it out as they go, slowly building systems, trying to improve things over time. So first, know that you are not alone. And that your mess is probably the connective tissue to talk to other people because they've got messes too. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's the same sense of like sharing your vulnerabilities, right? In the sharing of vulnerabilities, however many people raise their hand, they're like, yes, I feel that too. And there's a connecting point. Yes, right. Like we're human. We're not robots. We're not mistake free. Now, as business owners, do be careful what kind of tribes that you collect and build. I don't like the word tribe. So, what kind of communities and teams that you build and connect? Because sometimes it's appropriate to share your mess, and other times you don't want to say like, "My, I don't know how to like collect payments." Hey, pay me, right? Because then it's not yeah. it's not synchronous and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But do know that everyone is work, a work in progress and share your vulnerabilities strategically like with your close friends, then your next network of peer supporters, and then with people that you're educating, maybe share past stories of how you've learned and grown. There's so many different ways to connect. But your question was about how do you identify the tribes that you need? Where do you want to go with this? How have you taken the steps, like practical steps on like, if you're in a moment and for... The woman listening who's like, I need women around me. I need awesome women right now because I'm feeling lonely or I know that I just, you know, like you just kind of know when you need a community, when you need a little bit more, you need a deeper community than what you have. Give some practical advice on how you can take steps to go find the right one. Mm, Okay. So I want to deconstruct this and this may take us a a little bit of time, but I want to deconstruct it because I think it's so important and maybe tell some of my story about how I got here. And then we'll get into like the practical how-tos. The first kind of philosophical underpinning, I think in terms of connecting to other people is... Well, there's three things I want to say. One, work is broken. Two, you need more people than you think you do. And three, it takes a long time. So first, I think the biggest problem with community and having those people in our lives is that work has been inflated to take up way too much time. So people are working. They get up early in the morning. They're checking email. They spend a ton of time commuting to work. If they have children, they're commuting their children to their daycare, which is basically a place that their children could go so they can work. Then they're commuting themselves to work. Then they're working eight hours at a minimum. And then they're staying at you know after work events and then they are commuting home from work. And then most of the supportive infrastructure outside of work is actually supporting work, right? Like outside of work, you're exercising or you're catching up on emails or you're like going to talk to your therapist about your mean boss, right? So like all of that is supporting work. And so people are working an insane amount. And I think it's a little bit of a slippery slope because workplaces are now tricking you into like, oh, we're going to have free food at the beginning of the day, or we're going to have booze at the end of the day. And we're going to have these events that happen on the weekends. So the first way that I look at the world is I think the work piece is problematic, especially for people who have families. So it's a question that I ask all the time is like, how can work be different? And how can we design it differently? And you should have friends that are not at your place of work as a resilient strategy for a human being, if you are only making friends with people at your work, if you lose your job or your company doesn't work, if you're the business owner, 
they're gone, right? Like your whole social structure. Your whole social structure, which is not diverse. We wouldn't do that in our investments financially. So we shouldn't do that in our relationships and emotionally and psychologically. But the good news about that is as you are the one building your own company, you have total freedom to like figure that out and to not have to recreate what you experience in corporate. Like you get to say, oh no, I actually only want to work 20, 30 hours a week, whatever it is. And you listening know that I'm such a big proponent of designing your schedule at first before you start actually filling in your work stuff into that schedule. Right. And for people who design their own workplaces and run their own companies, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, there's sometimes a slippery slope because you look around and you say, well, what is normal or what is typical? And you look at workplaces and then you build your business based on something that you left. And so it's just really important to remember not to design what you see, but to design what you want and need. Yes. And on top of that, even if you're looking outside of corporate of your past experience, what's so popular and sexy in the entrepreneurial world? Hustle, hustle, hustle work 100 hours a week, and then you will have success. And that by far, most especially women, I am absolutely against because it's like, "Mm, no, right along the lines of work has become everything and we work too much. Like, no, like you can still have a ridiculously successful business in accordance to what you define success as in a normal amount of hours that works for you, right? Like it doesn't have to look like that. Totally. Here's what I would say to Gary Vee. I'd be like, that's <laughs> great. But give me two people, one of them who, who works 100 hours a week and one of them who works 20 hours a week and they produce the same results. Which one is better? I actually think being able to be strategic and be smart and work only the number of hours that you want to work. And that's your choice, right? Yeah. If you, yeah. It's 40 for you, 20 for you, 60 for you. Like you do what you want to do. And you do what your business needs, it can ebb and flow, right? Entrepreneurship, it can have some some big months, launches can take more hours. All of that's totally true. But also be careful that you're designing exactly the work life that you want to support the community life that you want. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, okay. So let's then circle back around to your point number two. Yes. So the next thing is this phrase I heard from Kurt Vonnegut, which is one of my favorite things ever. It says, you need 50 people in your life. And I've held on to that for about five or six years because I always thought 50 people, how on earth would I connect to 50 people every week? That sounds, nope, that sounds exhausting. That sounds like way too many. And we're so used to the nuclear family traditional model of four people and then maybe having like a friend or two, you know, your work colleague, and then people that we talk to maybe once a week. And I think we are so, so underwhelmingly, like we're so far below what we need in our souls that it makes a lot of people depressed and sad. We're starving for that connected. That's exactly, exactly. And so when I started to analyze like Kurt Vonnegut and okay, how many people do we need in our lives? There's Dunbar's number, which is 150, makes a really good community. That's like the size of a really good community. I said, okay, let me just track for a while. And for people listening, I have a really good extroverted personality like when I'm behind a microphone, but I'm actually quite introverted. My hobbies are writing by myself, swimming by myself, faceful in water alone, (laughs) gardening (laughs) and reading. Like I spend a lot of time by myself and with my ideas, but I do get on stage and speak as well and I enjoy it, but I'm pretty introverted. So when I started analyzing like how would I get 50 people into my life and what would that look like? 
I started tracking how many people I talked to every week. And I found that my anxiety and my depression were quelled. I wasn't so stressed out if I talked to 12 people every week. And I was like, oh, that's right. You know, I, I texted Carrie back and forth this morning and I caught up with a girlfriend over lunch. And then I had a podcast interview with Katie. And then, you know, in the evening, I saw my neighbors because I went to the library with my kiddo. Right. And I was like, oh, there's four people that day. And I started to realize that 50 was about the number that really helped me feel kind of sane and whole and that this needed to be part of my life strategy. Like I needed to remind myself to talk to two to five people a day and not think of it as an afterthought. Yes. And I'm going to add in there to go a step further to allow yourself to do it and make those connections in the way that are best suited for you in your life in any particular season. Yes. I am a Voxer lover. And <laughs> me too. Yes. Okay. You have heard me talk about Voxer a lot. So it's like a walkie talkie voice messaging app, right? I can flat out tell you, I have deepened relationships with my sisters, with a handful of girlfriends, with clients, because it just allows me the space to have deep conversations with them either in real time or at a... Here's the most important thing. At a time that is convenient for both of us. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not about... Like, I still have one girlfriend in my life who wants to schedule a call with me. I'm like... Nope. No scheduling. boxer me? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'll respond oh, yeah. when I can. It's so powerful because it literally gives a space for us to have conversation that can be interactive, but doesn't have to be live. So that's one giant way that I've been able to like, let's say, touch base with a handful of people every single day or week. And knowing that as I'm on maternity leave at the you know moment of this interview, that might be higher now or it, might, it looks different. Like I'm not nearly having as many interviews. I'm not nearly having those connections in the business arena as I normally would, but I'm having them a lot in my personal life. And a lot of those overlap. You know, I'm very good friends with most of my clients. You know, I'm having very personal conversations with them, but there is a lot more conversations with my mom, a lot more conversations with this friend and this neighbor and things that are sort of outside of the scope of business stuff. So it's, it's a matter of honoring all of those seasons and how, what ways work well for you at any given moment to have those conversations and to have those connections. 100%. I'm a big fan of setting intentions and setting them either seasonally or monthly. So if you know that you are working on, <clears throat> let's say, a book proposal or a big launch and you want to really focus in and not spend as much time building community, then you tell people that. I put up email autoresponders that say, Hey, I'm heads down in book mode. I'm going to be really slow to respond and not taking on any new events until three months from now. But I look forward to talking to you once I'm back. That's totally legit and fine. And respecting the space that you're in is great. And then when you're back and you're like, okay, it's summertime, hours are longer, none of my kids are sick, I feel great, business is turning along, I don't have any big deadlines, you can reach out to a bunch of people knowing that 25% of them might not be in a season where they can connect. Yeah. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about structured community? You are somebody who has created the Wise Women's Council, which we'll talk about in just a second. But there are so many amazing opportunities for structured community out there. So literally, as you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I need a community of moms in my neighborhood, like you can find it very easily. 
if you're thinking in your head, ah, I need a community of women who will help me be better in business. Okay, you can go find that. All of these things, I need a community of women who will help me work out and like get back in shape after a baby or wherever you are. Like, I need a community of women who are spiritually minded and want to talk about really ethereal topics. Awesome. Like, literally, we have never lived in a better time where you have access at your fingertips to all of these things. So, talk a little bit about structured programs for community and what your experience has been, not only as a participant in them, but as somebody who has created one. Mm -hmm. So I think what you just did, what you just spoke out loud is one of the key pieces, which is having an intention around what it is that you want to call into your life. Maybe you have a million mom friends, but you actually need more business support. Or maybe it's that you have your local yoga studio and you love it, but you want somebody super geeky to go. You want like a women's in tech group, something like that. So first kind of evaluating your life and saying, okay, where are the areas where I feel not fulfilled or not like there's not enough in my life? I've written on Forbes an article about how to start your own mastermind because I've been leading masterminds now for five years. I lead retreats, I lead masterminds. One of the roles that I occupy is the facilitator of the space. What that means is you create the container, which then people come in and they play. And you say, this is how we show up. This is where we show up. This is how conversations happen. This is when we connect to each other. You basically create all of the structure so that nobody else has to think about it. And you also set a topic and a guide and a point of view. And for you in your life, some for me in my life, there's sometimes when I go out and I'm like, oh my God, I would just pay to have somebody bring a whole bunch of women entrepreneurs together that are also moms. That's all I want right now. I just want to meet a bunch of other moms, but they have to be business owners because when I go to my local moms group, they're all stay-at-home moms and they don't understand why I keep leaving my baby at daycare. You set that intention and you say, this is what I want. And... I find over and over again that my pay group is for women entrepreneurs that are new moms or pregnant or just navigating the new motherhood journey, that they haven't found an overlap between entrepreneurship and parenting. They have the groups that are separate, but in the entrepreneurship groups, what they're finding is they're the Gary V's of the world. Hustle, 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 harder, harder, harder. We don't understand why you have to stop every two and a half hours and pump. And then (laughs) Gary V would never understand that. Then there's the mom's side of the room, but it's not specific enough. There's moms everywhere and there's all different kinds of mothers. It's not like right or wrong. It's just overlapping these two things. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the Wise Women's Council it's obvious why you created that because you wanted to create that space for community where that overlap was happening. Mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about why that is so important and how you structure that group community. Sure. So one of the things that I was thinking about is in that first year of motherhood, one of the hardest things to do, I think, is to leave the house. (laughs) Because you're tethered either to a breast pump or to a baby's feeding schedule or to formula or to nap schedules or you haven't slept enough. And so you've got this conflict of interest where for a lot of people, your business is growing and you want to pay attention to it and you want to go out and network with people. But the act of actually leaving the house is the hardest hurdle. So the way that it is designed, it's like a deconstructed conference that you don't have to leave your house for. And it happens slowly over nine months. So we only meet once or twice a month. It happens for nine months. Over the course of nine months, it's equivalent to 18 talks. And each of the women that I bring into the council is somebody that's so high caliber and so smart and is an entrepreneur who is like 
I'm actually like, I'm reading through applications and I just get blown away. And I'm like, why do you want to, you're so talented. And I'm like, oh, right. The mess thing. We all have a mess. (laughs) So (laughs) bring them in. And then I interview each person and I do an hour long interview and we get to know you. And so you become both the speaker and the attendee. So when you come into this group, you and me have a conversation, but we all get to listen in on demand, not live. If you're doing the dishes or it's late at night or it's early in the morning, whatever, you do you, right? You listen to it and then you get to go out and reach out. And ideally by the end of nine months, you have 40 women and you get to make connections with each of them and bolster your team of people that you can go to and say, Hey, I have a question about podcasting and I'm trying to figure out how to do transcripts. And you get that answered. Or you're like, Ladies, I haven't slept in four weeks and I cannot make a decision right now because all of my children are sick and I think I'm sick too. What do I do? And you get the advice of other women who have been there before you. Yeah. And I can't tell you like in relation to your group, I don't care if this is your first kid. I don't care if this is your sixth kid. In relation to business, I don't care if this is your first year in business or it's your 20th year in business. There's always new stuff to learn and learning it from a group of like-minded women is so powerful because there are some times where you already know what they're telling you. You just... You're ready to hear it in that moment. It's a lesson that you probably learned 20 years ago, but like now is the moment that you're ready to hear it. And it just gives you permission or gives like opens up that door. I'll say this something simple. Like I decided with Savannah, my second daughter, my at this time, three-month-old daughter. Oh my gosh, where did the time go? At, <laughs> at two weeks... I knew I wanted to sleep train her. And I had sleep trained my other daughter, but I had waited till four months old because I think that's about when I... you know, As a new mom, that's the first time I'd ever heard about it at four months. And so at two weeks, I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think you could ever like sleep train a newborn. I thought that that was sacrilegious, right? But I remember I immediately reached out to one of my girlfriends over Voxer who is a mompreneur and... I knew sleep trained her kids. She was very specific because she has built a ridiculously successful business that an external person would think is successful because of the numbers and internally is super successful for her because it fits her lifestyle. And she's done it in mornings and nap times. She has not put her kids into daycare until they were like ready for school. And I've always been admirous of that and just have such respect for her. And I was like, okay, talk to me about sleep training for kids. We had a couple back and forths and... There were a few things that she said that like made it okay for me to do what I knew that I needed to do. And to have that en masse with an intimate group of women is so magical because it just keeps you moving. Like it keeps you clear and like the worst of being weighed down with the guilt and the oh no and the shame or not supposed to be doing this. Like it relieves all of that, you know, and you have that at the touch of a finger, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'll go into a little bit of the geekery here for our community guidelines, because I think they're so important and they're so often overlooked. But I've joined communities before where there isn't an example of how we should behave when we show up for each other. And so we set really clear rules. And the rules are that we operate from a place of kindness, that we ask questions first, and that we don't give advice unless the advice is asked for. And these are so important to me because so often somebody will come and you might see this happen on Facebook all the time, but somebody will be like, oh my God, you know, I was sleep training and I had such a hard time. And their intent behind the post is just to say, I'm having a hard time. They're not actually looking for advice. They just want to be heard. And so unless 
somebody writes in our group or they say out loud in our group, I would like some feedback on X, Y, and Z. You don't give feedback. You don't share that. You ask people first if they want advice or if they want a listening ear. And it creates this warmth and this generosity where we know that we can trust each other and that people will support you. And that like Amy Poehler's words, like good for you, not for me. If one mama decides to do one thing and another parent decides to do another thing, there's a 7 billion humans on the planet. We can raise them differently and still be awesome people. The thing that's so amazing about motherhood is that even I can notice, and I, I wonder if you notice this too, what I'm doing with my first kid is different than what I'm doing with my second kid. So different. Right? The child is different. You are different. Your business is different. All of and it. so there isn't like a universal rule. And so we don't allow people to go in and comment like, sleep training's terrible. Well, that's not helpful Yeah, because it's not. It could be wrong for one child. I have a friend who just adopted a baby that has experienced a lot of stress because of abandonment. And he told me, he's the the one who adopted, he said, we wouldn't sleep train because she's not going to be able to understand the attachment because she hasn't formed strong attachments as a child. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so different than my experience because my little like chunky giant babies sleep so well because I don't know why. And it was easy to sleep train them, which is not the same as somebody else's experience where they can try it for two weeks and it doesn't work because something else is happening. And it's just one of those things where allowing nuance and complexity and kindness into the conversation is so important. I'm curious to know how your experience has been. I mean, there's obviously a big why that prompts you behind creating the Wise Women's Council. And by the way, this is all done under the umbrella of your business, Startup Pregnant, which is an amazing podcast. I highly recommend you go check out that podcast and subscribe to it. It's women supporting women in this very specific way, in this very specific program. You have a big why behind that. And my guess is that that is because you have had and have experienced community in such a way that has been really impactful on you. So talk a little bit about maybe one or two of the most impactful women supporting women type of communities that you've been a part of and what they have meant for you. Mm. You were saying earlier how it's like you learn things over and over again. Like you keep learning the lesson. I struggled a lot in high school uh, making friends. And I was pretty alone in college, I feel like too. I was on swim team and I was working really hard to keep my grades up as high as I wanted them to be. And I just remember sitting down as a 17-year-old because I went to college when I was 17 and I was like, okay, sports, academics, I don't know if I can handle a social life. I'll just focus on the first two. I was such a geek, you guys. I was so geeky when I was little. <laughs> we just called it analytical. That's all. Analytical, <laughs> geeky, like yeah. young, like emotionally young. Like I would cry because I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have the friends that I wanted and I didn't know how to do it. I was definitely a late bloomer when it came to making friends. When I turned 25, I, oh, this is actually, I haven't talked about this story in a little bit, but I got engaged and I thought I was going to get married. And I was working in architecture. I had my job. I lived in San Francisco. And it wasn't right. It wasn't right. We broke off the engagement. It was just a very traumatic experience. I used that to catapult myself into starting my very first blog and started writing about it on the internet. This is like 2010, I think. Got some viral posts that went live and decided to heck with it. I'm going to go out and meet a bunch of people. Got my first pair of high heels, like went out, got fancy dresses. I went to a lot of conferences. I just started 
meeting people and getting out there. I mean, I put myself on what were the apps back then? Match.com, like all those <laughs> dating apps. I don't even remember. Uh-huh. But I went out I like went on a lot of blind dates. I like schmoozed it around San Francisco. And then I started tapping into these networks of people. I started making friends with Entrepreneurs Club. I joined a triathlon club. I joined an open water swimming club. And I started to really connect with other people and go to conferences. When we were talking earlier about the things to know about community building, one of them is that it takes a long time. I ended up meeting Chris Gillibo and JD Roth and Laura Roeder and some other people way back in the day when they were just starting these first conferences. And we made friends and we stayed in touch. Now it's so funny because it's been more than 10 years. People are like, how do you know these people? Like, how do you know so many people? And I can remember when I was 25 and I was like naked in a hot tub on the beach with like, some, some friends like, or, you know, or I was like sweating buckets on a bike trying to like cycle in a triathlon. Well, too many of these stories start with me being naked in a hot tub, but... I mean, that's a great origin story for any relationship. <laughs> right? It's like, it's layered over time. And since then, since I had that like late blooming catalyst at 25, I have made it one of my priorities to meet new people and to help other people and to message them and talk to them and go to conferences and just show up and just keep adding new connections into my life because it has been so instrumental for my own growth and development as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a writer, as, as everything. What advice would you give to somebody who considers themselves an introvert or they're just in a season where they're like, well, other things are more important than me actively going out and trying to find this stuff, especially if it takes a long time. And by the way, you can feel this way even if you're an extrovert. Like I actually feel this way right now in the space of maternity leave where I'm spending a lot of time on my own. Not that... I'm in solitude by any means. Like there are people around me. It's great. I'm having conversation, but like I'm not nearly spending as much social quality time outside the home, as you mentioned. That's very true for me. There may be somebody listening who's like, it's just there are other things that are important to me. And I have to, I'm doing all this work and I may not need to spend the time to go search for the kind of community that I feel like I kind of might need. Or I'm introverted. So that feels hard to me. That feels like a big hurdle to overcome. What advice would you give to somebody who might be feeling that so that they can get the benefits that are on the other side? Yeah. I think sometimes we make it too big. It's like, oh, it has to be an hour-long conversation. I rarely have an energy, the energy for extra hour-long conversations during my work week because we're doing podcast interviews. We're doing all these other things. It's too much. So I say dial it way back. And remember that generosity goes a long way. So if you're an introvert and you want to stay at home or you don't have a lot of energy to spare because you're postpartum and you're a new mom... Go on Instagram and comment on five people's posts that you admire. Share the work of other people that you think is interesting. If you've read a book that you liked, go write a review of that book. Because business owners, people listening to this podcast, you know how hard you work to make something. And when you get a positive review, it's like this little bond happens where you're like, I love this person. They Mm -hmm. left me a review, right? It's appreciation. It's appreciation. Go out and appreciate on people. They may not respond to you. They may respond to you. It doesn't matter. It's just a few minutes of your time and you're starting to plant the seeds out there. And a couple years later, you may run into somebody and they say, oh, Katie, your name looks familiar. 
because they saw that you wrote something on the internet way back when. So I would start really small with those little pieces. The next step up from that is to actually contact humans, right? Not leaving reviews or commenting on posts, but to use Facebook Messenger and write to a couple of friends and be and say something like, Hey, Katie, I just saw your latest podcast episode. I really liked it and wanted to say what a good job you did. You're not asking for time. You're not setting up a meeting. There's no action that's required. You're just sending little... They're like thank you notes that you send out, appreciation notes that you send out into the universe. Those things build over time. And then later on, as you exercise this muscle, when you start to have a sticky challenge or a puzzle where you're like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm working on this big podcast series and I don't know what I should do for it. I would probably write to Katie an email and say, Hey, Katie, do you have 15 minutes where I can talk out a problem with you? Or can we box her back and forth for a few minutes about this puzzle that I have? That's how it begins, as small as possible and slowly building. I love that. Oh, such great advice. And that will suit you for any season. And that can go into the other end of that spectrum, which is like, no, you know you need to go join a local group or you know that you need to go join a program. You know that you need to join a mastermind. You know that you need that structure and that time in that group. So like, it can be anywhere on that spectrum. The key here that I just want to make sure that we are ending with is ultimately understanding yourself and what it is that you really need and speaking truth to that. And letting that, whatever your truth is around connection and relationships to others in this particular season, be okay. Mm. Just because you define yourself as a total extrovert who should be doing ABC all the time doesn't mean you need to be right now in this season. Just because you're an introvert who should be doing things this way or just because... Whatever. No shoulds. Just be in tune with what it is you need in relationships. And in specifics to this conversation, what kind of relationships do you need with like-minded women? And then do the work to go bring them into your life. I want to make sure that we have time to talk about Wise Women's Council. Clarified who this is for. This is really for women who are pregnant, entrepreneurs, or new mothers in that first year of motherhood. It's a nine-month program. You're bringing in experts to really have conversations with, to share information. It is a, a support community. Tell a little bit more beyond that scope about what it is and what your big why is behind it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that this is going live on March 4th of 2019. Your program actually starts in March. And I know that you are allowing people to come in throughout the month of March. And so I specifically wanted to give you the chance to talk about this because if you're listening and this resonates with you and you're like, yes, this is what I need, I want you to know about this amazing resource. So... Talk to us a little bit about what Wise Women's Council is. Yes, I love that. So we are gathering a group of 40 to 60 women. That's my target, right? I'm a business owner, but I'm also open. I don't know exactly how many applications we're going to get, right? Like This is how we dance together as business owners. I put out an offer. I see what people say. Um, But we're putting together a community of women that get to learn and grow alongside each other for 9 months. We start in March 2019. We end in November 2019. Mostly because doing extra stuff over the holidays doesn't work. (laughs) It's like no one wants to do extra stuff over December or January. And February is just a really hard month as well. So March through November, we gather. We have a private Slack room for everybody to talk to each other. We have a private podcast series where we interview each woman, woman, (laughs) women, woman. And then we have a 
co-working hangout on the first Thursday of every month and a live coaching session on the third Thursday of every month. The cool thing about the coaching sessions is that there are 16 different time slots, summer Wednesdays, summer Thursdays, summer Fridays, and you pick up to four that work for you. So you don't have to make all of them. You just make the ones where you're the one in the hot seat because we do have to schedule that because I have to be able to talk to you, (laughs) right? You make the one where you can fit into your calendar and then we record them and there's going to be four to six women on the call and then you can listen to them on demand. And one of the things I have found so helpful is not just throwing me, me, me into the program, but listening to other people have conversations like you and I are having right now. I know you do live coaching, right? On your podcast. Yeah, I do. I constantly get the most feedback from those because it is, it's like, I get to hear myself in that particular woman's situation, you know, and I get to hear live how I might deal with it. It's so helpful to hear other people's stuff. That's exactly right. So we do the coaching and you get to hear all of the recorded sessions and be in the hot seat for up to four of the sessions throughout the year. And then we have a teachable school where everything is archived. So you get to play it whenever it's... Like if you want to jam out for a whole weekend and listen to all the interviews, you can. If you want to do it on every commute and just drip them out, you can. And then there's a couple of other things, which I always forget to mention, but I'm glad that I'm taking the time to remember now. All of the courses that I teach in 2019, so I teach courses for women entrepreneurs, you get a guest pass to any of those. All of the books that I write, we write mini books for women. One of them is called The Pregnancy Reading List. One's The Parenting Reading List. One's a series of interviews with startup mamas. All of those books you get for free. And so there's all this extra stuff. You get all of my program materials when you join the Wise Women's Council. I only add one caveat, and that's women have been cultured to think that you have to do every single piece, like a checklist in order to be successful. And I really, really don't want people to think they have to read five books. I want you to look at it and be like, oh, four of those aren't for me, but that one I can really use. So we add it all in so you can pick a la carte, but we do not tell you that you have to do all of it because that's just, I mean, we're busy. Yeah, Don't do that. We got a few things on our plate. We got a few things on our plate. (laughs) Love it. So if this is really hitting you and you are a new mom or you are a pregnant mom and you're running your business, you know, whether your business or your baby came first, it's like you, those two things are overlapping or they're about to overlap. Please go check out Sarah's page. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Can you say the link here verbally so people can remember it? Sure. It's startuppregnant.com. That's our website. And then slash WWC. That's for Wise Women's Council. You can also, if you go to startupregnant.com, one of the main buttons is Wise Women's Council. I will say three of the women that are joining us right now are pregnant due in May. So if you are currently pregnant and you're like, I don't know, the way that they're doing the program is they're taking the first three months, then they're going to take leave, right? Because they're having their babies. And it is open and up to them if they want to text us when they have questions as a new mom, because I think having that community of support right in those early days is so important. Or if they just want to be gone and then come back in November and show show off their babies and be like, hey, I'm totally sleep deprived. Here's my new baby. Love y'all. Kisses. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. You do you. So we have pregnant women who are joining us. We have people with kids that are 6 and 10. I'm so excited. And you mentioned we are kicking off. So March 4th is technically the start date. That's when we start rolling out the welcome materials. But I'm leaving the applications open through the month of March so that if you hear this and you're like, ah, this is what I need, 
just go apply, send me an email. I'll be looking at the applications as we get started. And it's one of those things about being a business owner is that we also get to choose. Like The deadline is there to encourage you to join. But if you need this and it's March 27th and you're like, well, I have to wait a whole year. No, just email me. Right. Yeah. Just email me and we'll welcome you to the group. I love having open doors for people who need stuff like this. Love it. Go check out Wise Women's Council. Go check out Sarah's podcast, Start Up Pregnant. You are doing incredible work in this world. And I just so honor you. I'm so excited to bring you onto the show because anything that is women supporting women, I am all about, no matter what that looks like. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom, my dear. Oh, thanks for having me. This was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.